0: Since I just school, I fad in no forty day. I hit the radio dial and turn it up all the way. I play. Hey
1: everybody and welcome back to the UK Hockey Fan Podcast. I'm Shane and I'm Finn. And uh we're here for another weekly episode. Uh and man, there's been lots happening. Yeah. Another uh, another bumper episode coming up uh for everybody. Obviously, we're thick in the NHL playoffs. There's loads to say about the Leafs. Uh what else we got, Finn?
2: Uh we have uh just uh playoff, uh just talking about that in general because uh, a lot of weird stuff has happened i know you and me have been talking about this a lot recently
1: yeah so much to talk about there um lots to talk about in, in the uh in um, the leafs bruins uh series that's happening and uh, we've been following really closely of course total nail biter with another game coming up at midnight tonight i do believe yes game seven tonight yep uh so we'll talk more about that in a minute Uh, And, of course, we got Cliffy's notes on uh, the show tonight. Uh, So Scott Antcliffe will be joining us. And uh, Scott is, uh, he joins us um, every week from uh, near his home in Sheffield. And uh, Scott is a big supporter of the Sheffield Steelers, but he, like us, uh, is a big fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, and he usually talks to us about stuff happening around the UK hockey leagues and that sort of thing, but I think he's got uh, a special interview or two lined up for us to dive in. Any idea who what, what Cliffy's got going for us?
2: Well, for the first time ever, um, we have a player interview where Scott Ancliffe speaks
1: to a former NHL player. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be awesome. Um, yeah, so we don't normally have um, anybody other than the three of us, Scott, uh, Finn and myself on the show. And, um, but Scott did some interviewing recently at a big matchup between Canada and the US. And uh, stay tuned to uh, w- hear Scott speak to one of the uh, players there. Uh, who yeah was uh, played for a few teams in the NHL. Who did he play for? Do you remember?
2: Uh, the Vancouver Canucks and
1: the Anaheim Ducks. So uh, you won't want to miss that. We will have some uh, info uh, around women's hockey league, certainly here in the UK. Uh, Finn's crazy questions, a couple of those. Yep. Um, and uh, just more general leaf stuff and merriment. Okay. <laughs> All right. But I want to. Uh, it's been ages since I started with a little tidbit or story from my past. Uh, w- we used to start every episode with those, and uh, and I just haven't had any worth telling for a while. But I was reminded by somebody of one um, recently, uh, and that is that uh, current player on Boston Bruins, Jake DeBrusque, yep. uh, who actually, see, he's the guy uh, that was chasing cadre around, right? Yeah, he was the one involved in all that cadre business. The two of them chasing one an- another around the rink trying to murder one another. Yeah. Okay, so that guy, Jake Debrusque, currently playing in the uh Boston Bruins. Um people who are regular listeners to the show know that um I grew up uh in southwestern Ontario, uh in around Stratford, Ontario, and um our team our junior B team there is the Culletons. and um Jake DeBrusque's dad, whose name was uh Louis DeBrusque, uh is a couple years younger than me actually just a couple, um, played for the Cullitons, uh, when I was a, uh, when I was playing hockey in Stratford as well. So Louis DeBrusque, Jake DeBrusque's dad played for Stratford Cullitons I- while I was playing in around, uh, Stratford as well. So there's your little connection between, uh, myself and, uh, a current player in the, uh, Boston's versus Boston versus Leafs series right now. Anyway, um, let's move on to talking about let's talk about kadri first
2: okay yes so at the near the end of the um, last podcast uh we mentioned that we were waiting for the news on the kadri suspension uh on the uh, hit on uh, jake Dabrask. uh which Cro- was
1: cross check to the face in fact
2: yeah that was a c- it was completely dirty play and i uh, I, g- I agree with the the suspension uh that he got to be honest and I'm, I'm not sure if he, do you
1: and that was in
2: game 3 <coughs> uh, yes. Game I two or game three? Uh, game two, I
1: think. Yeah, so, um, for just to jog people's memories, that uh, debresque and Kadri, so that's, there's game two, because that was a game when uh, Boston came out on the forecheck, but obviously we came out to just play an absolute, dirty, brutal, physical game. Yeah. And just shell-shocked the Leafs completely. And there were loads of dirty hits, uh, loads of missed calls. Uh, the big co- controversy for that was that there were all the calls seem to be going the Bruins way. Loads of nastiness missed. It was perpetuated against the Leafs and that sort of thing. And somewhere in the middle of all that, um, Kadri gets uh, suspended. And it's interesting. Uh, well, he doesn't get suspended in the game. He got kicked out five minute major um, with five minutes left in the game. And uh, then he went to the player safety hearing, which we talked about in the last episode. And uh, the result didn't come in during the last show, but we can now report that the result was that he was banned for the rest of the se- series, regardless of how long the series. Yeah. So, um, and it turns out it's been a seven-game series. So essentially, this turned into a five-game suspension for him, which is outrageous, really. I think.
2: Well, no, I, th- I th- the the suspension on Kadri, I I think that he should have been suspended.
1: I think. Oh, me too.
2: No, I I even think the f- the, like the that. five games is isn't too bad either. Really, for, for, for the cr- for a cross check to the head in in some circumstances, if he's proper going in for it, you could kill someone. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, that's that's not putting someone in risk of injury. That's putting in ris- risk risk of someone
1: in death. Well, certainly the career too. And um, but uh, at the time, what people have sort of f- actually loads of people have stopped even mentioning the whole cadre thing. And it's like I felt feel like we haven't really missed him. But um, uh, the day after, if you looked back at the highlights of the various hits and whatnot, there w- it was. There's no way he should have been the only player out of that game. No, no,
2: that, that's that's what I was going to say. I said I was going to say I, I agree with the uh, the suspension that he got given, and I agree that um, this the amount of games that he's uh, just been he's been suspended for. I think it's fair as well. However, what I don't think is fair is that people like Jake Debrusk, um, who going who went around. Um, he was I'm pretty sure. He was the one that gave Kadri that a gash or whatever. Uh,
1: that, was a, that wasn't that wasn't Kadri. That was no, uh, Muzzin. N- was that Jake Muzzin?
2: No, no not Kadri. Sorry, Hyman. Hyman.
1: Hyman. Hyman. Hyman got got, got a gash yeah. from Jake DeBrasque. So he got a head hit there. So um, and that, w-
2: that was just a scrap that Debrusk just th- just that kind of hacking away. Well, it was away a at high
1: Hyman. hit. You hit him in the head and uh, hit him hard enough that his visor cut him in the face. No, that
2: was uh, Muzzin. That was Pastor Muzzin.
1: Oh, right. Okay. Gosh. It uh, was, uh, Hyman
2: was the little scrum in front of the bench. Oh yeah. Hyman was just trying to get back to the bench, and Debrusk thought, "Well, no,
1: have a pop at him." And the, re- anyway, the, re- the rest. Anyway, so thing all the thing all right of right? that. Madness happened, and uh, Kadri got uh, kicked out, and then subsequently suspended for the rest of the series. So the question is um, that I want to talk about first before we dig into some of the results of the actual games themselves was, you know, has he been missed?
2: Um, I'm not, I'm not sure he's been missed as much as everyone thought he was originally going to be. Um, I think the Leafs have shown that their depth is a uh, very useful in this uh, this case definitely. Uh, Ennis is um. But uh came in the lineup, f- uh, in place of Kadri, uh, If you think about it, he came in. Brown moved up to the third, and Neiland slotted in at the centre. That's right. Um, but I'm as I said, I'm not sure he's been missed as much as most people thought he would be, and I think you might agree with that one too.
1: Mm, I do, and um, so obviously your gut instinct reaction, anybody's, is um, you know, hey, we've been really hard done by here. And um, you know, look at us. And uh, this is one of our key players. that's now been booted out for the rest of the series. But the reality is, is that um, you know, if it had been Marner or Matthews or Tavares or something, we would be in real trouble. Um, luck would have it that Kadri, the hothead that he is, is uh, centers our fourth line, and uh, actually, all this really. You know, all it really will do is just fuel more speculation around uh, the fact that we'll probably just let him go at the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, Or that he's played his last game as a Leaf, quite possibly. Um, Now, the only thing is, is that if, uh, for those of us that have been watching um, all of the playoff games, um, there are definitely moments when you think, oh man, I wish Naz had been on the ice for that. Or, ooh, Naz could have really turned this period around and um i'm thinking even in um game six in particular where if naz could have just brought a bit more Nas would have brought maybe a bit more physicality that could have you know um turned things around for us a bit or sort of got our momentum back but in general i would say uh we haven't missed him at all
2: yeah no no i would definitely agree with that um yeah, I d- I feel like the Leafs have definitely stepped up with the smaller guys. Like I'm pretty sure I saw a, a hit uh five foot nine Ennis on six foot nine Chara. Yeah. So definitely, uh, yeah. S- especially some of the fourth liners have definitely stepped up the hitting uh, w- with the uh, absence of Kadri. Um,
1: but I thi- I think the Leafs the Leafs have held on pretty well. For sure, and I think so. We can almost leave <coughs> leave the Kadri situation behind now because um, basically. Everybody knew, including the Bruins, early on, like Game One for sure, that our youth and our pace was what we're, was going to, if we're going to win it this series, that was what was going to do it. Our uh, you know, our young guys and uh, Kadri certainly isn't one of those. He is not one of our pacey players. He's not one of our young, super fit guys. He's not a you know a stick handling wizard. Those just aren't his things. So. Um, you know, in a way, it totally sucked having Kadri kicked out for the series. But in another way, I- if I had to choose, you know, if that was one of Finn's crazy questions and I had to choose one player in the lineup who was going to get banned for the whole series, I might have said Kadri. Oh. There you I go. I'm I'm going to throw a, a, a quick question in here then. All right. What about Marlo? Yeah, so should we talk about Marlo for a minute? Or are you asking specifically... What are you asking about Marlowe? I was going to ask, how do you think he's done so far? Yeah, so... Because I've seen, if so you, I've seen if you see you read so that. Yeah, if you read social media, th- you they have already basically put him out to pasture and said, you know, he's past he's old, he's slow, and all that sort of stuff. But I'm, you know, I'm still a Marlowe fan, and I think that um, really... And I, I'm sure I said this on Leafs Nation, actually. Um, and you know, big up to Leafs Nation, that uh, Facebook group run by um, a mate of mine called James Foley. Um, I- if you don't know it, there's like 45,000 different people in the Leafs Nation on Facebook in this in this Facebook group. Um, but anyway, on there I said it to somebody who was having a pop at Marlowe, who was pi- picking into his personal performance, you know in like game three or something and i was just like listen at this stage of the game at this stage of the series you've got to look at the unit as a whole there's no point in breaking it down to its parts like that we're in it you know it's too late we're in it and um you know the question is is the unit performing as a whole to the best of its ability because Babcock's never going to chuck people out and bring people in unless he has to here. And in fact, um, if I'm not mistaken, he has literally not changed the lineup since uh, Kadri got booted.
2: No, he has not.
1: And so uh, Cassidy, on the other hand, coach of the Bruins, has, I mean, it's just a constant change. He's just constantly tweaking. He's tweaked every game. Um, But anyway, so Marlowe plays. He fits into that, the Leafs puzzle, jigsaw puzzle, like a puzzle piece and in that marlowe shaped piece he does the best possible job Marlowe can do no no i
2: t- i totally agree with that um but one yeah one one thing i um i wanted to put out there just quickly is that you were talking about the whole line as a whole and i was whole uh, team whole team oh no no I, i'm going i'm picking into your your line business okay. of how the line is performing and oh how, yeah, how yeah. that affects his performance yeah okay and i'm going to agree with you there in the in the fact that um this comes down to cadre again man um, the fact that Neiland has uh, gone and slotted into centre and Brown's come up, I feel like Brown isn't is, Brown's a good player, but he's not the, one of the quick guys. I'd rather have someone like Moore or Ennis with the young one of the younger guys yeah. that's got speed for days and can keep up with a line like that. And but another thing is that um I would have I'd maybe put Gauthier in centre there instead, yeah. just because he's a pure centre. Yeah. has just clicked in wing. So what like, I I don't see why Babs wouldn't just put Gauthier on that on put the in the center on that line, b- while Nylander's is performing well on the Listen, wing. Listen,
1: this is a big thing, uh, and I've totally you've just hit upon something I was completely forgot that we should cover, and I think we're get with this is a perfect point to get on it right now. Uh, another thing I don't want to forget about to talk about when we get on to talking about game six is uh, Riley's Slapshot. shot. Um, but uh, right here it is. I'm going to put this out. You weren't expecting this, Finn. Let's see whether you agree or not. There is one thing. Uh, I was talking to my friend Tim Searles, who's a Boston fan. He lives in Boston. Tim, if you're listening, um, big up Searles. Uh, great, great friend of mine and love talking hockey with him all the time. And after each game, we have a great old dialogue about it. And um, Finn, there's one thing. That is really let the Leafs down very badly, and it's affected us really badly on the power play, it's affected us really badly on the penalty kill, and it's affected us really badly just in general, and on things like getting empty netters scored on us. Tell me what that thing is. Um uh, every game of the series so far, it's badly let us down, and the stats will prove me prove me right.
2: Uh, t- I know shot totals haven't been great, but that's not it to it do with... It has
1: to do with what you were talking about, a, f- a particular position that you were talking about a second ago where you were suggesting putting in the GOAT. Face-off percentage. It's exactly that. So Leafs are just completely sucking at winning face-offs in this series. One
2: thing, Matthews has stepped up his face-off percentage. Matthews' percentage is better than the b- some of the Bruins' percentages. Tavares has dropped... Newlander's dropped because he's not a center. Goche's has never been that good.
1: Now, now let me just say this. So, if you look at the stats, you'll find that we sucked. And um, if you and so on the peni- if you're on the penalty kill, you need to win the faceoff because if you win the faceoff, you can dump the puck, right? Yeah. And we're not winning the faceoffs, so therefore they score. They get possession and they score. And yeah. They're and they're they've been deadly on um on their power play. They've scored forty three percent, I think. They're at forty three percent. Um, they've been deadly. A- and so if you're on the penalty kill, you need to get possession so you can dump the puck. If you're on the power play, you need to get the possession because if you don't get possession, you get the puck dumped on you. Yeah. And in the rest of the game, we just aren't controlling that puck. We're really great if we get control. We're really great at settling into a breakout and all that sort of stuff, but we're just not winning the face-offs. And in fact, we're so bad at face-offs that... Um, Mar you know you know on the kneelander line that marlo and kneeanderer alternate taking the face offs, right
2: yeah, yeah I've seen and that and
1: so Marlow takes Marlow is a natural i'm gonna say right hander see right hander one, uh, I mean, one of them's a yeah. right hander one of them's a left hander I can't remember it doesn't really matter but uh depending on which side of the rink the face off is on that would they alternate taking that face off uh so are you just digging digging it up which way um
2: yeah, Nylander is, lefty? is right-handed.
1: <laughs> of course. Whatever way I jump has got to be the other way. So
2: um, Marlo, I'm going to check Marlow just in case. Uh, Marlow is left, yeah. Yeah.
1: So if uh, depending on what side of the ring it the face-off is on, on that line, they've been taking turns taking the face-off. And I mean, if if that's the situation that you're in, and obviously it has to be sanctioned by Babcock because he'd never allow it otherwise... Uh, so if that's a situation, if you've got a line which you're actually alternating who takes the face off depending on which side of the rink it's on, you suck at taking face offs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that is absolutely been killing us in this series. And, you, and, and there's no way to underestimate what an impact that has had on this series in regards to not gaining possession when we needed it. And uh, you know it's the same with. Uh, and I was saying this to again to my mate Tim on on Facebook. I, if you're gonna pull the goalie, you gotta win the face off. Yeah. And when you don't win the face off, you get scored on. Yeah. And that's happened to us, you know, I, I, you know, time and again. So um, so that's one thing I wanted to bring up was just the you know our crappy face offs.
2: Yeah, I was, uh, I'm looking. I've got it here, and uh, only two of the centres will register as having like a g- uh, face off percentage here. For the f- for the playoffs, uh, Matthews the leads leads the Leafs with a fifty percent.
1: Yeah, see that's not leads the Leafs with a fifty percent. Yeah, that's awful.
2: However, there's one, and I was gonna say John Tavares
1: forty nine point one five percent. Uh uh-huh. It's even worse, but um, so our two best guys <coughs> are, you know, f- there's nothing in that. For the sake of it, we could say our two best guys are losing the majority of face-offs. and the yeah. other guys are doing worse. So, you know, that is really hurting us. We need, in that game tonight, we need to win, you know, as many face-offs as possible. Or we're going to get stuffed.
2: Yeah. However, there is one thing that I've seen uh, tweeted. I've seen it on Instagram. And I've uh, I heard it on the Steve Dangle podcast. Um, and that was the fact that uh, Patrice Bergeron is, I'm pretty sure, like, the best face-off person in the league. Yeah, and on. he is the one that is always taking face offs against that Tavares line. Yeah. So yeah. that that might be the reason that it's um stunting his uh percentage or something because he's b- he's up against the best um person to take face offs. Um I yeah. uh, I tell you, I'm willing
1: to I mean I uh, I'm willing to try anybody at that on the dot to see if we could start winning some more face offs, you know. They should just start rotating people through there. I'd even put sparks in there.
2: I was gonna say <laughs> no. I Spar- Sparks isn't backing up, remember?
1: Yeah. Hutch- Hutchinson. No, no, but I'm saying uh, that's how desperate I am. We wherever he is.
2: Just just put put Sparks' there.
1: Somebody send a plane down to Miami and get him off the golf course. <laughs> but uh but no, we're gonna be in big trouble if we don't sort that face off situation out tonight. I mean
2: I'm just saying I'm pretty sure my face off centuries is is above seventy,
1: so <laughs> little plug plug for how amazing you are. Give me over there. <laughs> uh anyway, so face offs uh, that's going to be a big thing it has been a big thing for us and certainly um, you know if we go b- beyond the Bruins it's just something that has to get sorted out and uh, you know it's, t- it's a toughie because it's the basics right and, and you can't sort the basics if you've got a problem with the basics you can't sort them out certainly can't sort them out mid-series uh, you know and it's pretty hard to sort them out in any short length of time you know if you're, if you're consistently losing face-offs I mean how do you change that up you you know in the middle of a series or whatever but uh, they're going to have to do try and do something so let's go on to talking about games 5 and 6 let's skip to games 5 and 6 because when we when we were last on i think game t- the second game had just happened but that's going back too far let's go back too, to no no
2: i'll i'll go through the i'll just say the scores i won't okay, go through yeah, the score okay so um games 1 and 2 we we've already talked about yeah uh, we the last show. We won game three at home, uh, three two. Uh, we lost uh, yeah, yeah, the okay. other game six four yeah uh, we won them uh, we won uh, game five in Boston two one yeah, and then we lost the most recent four two
1: right. Um, and then that's how we got here tonight. Cool. so that's important that's actually a good shout on doing that because what's important or one of the important stats to think about is that we've won every odd game yes so we won game one we are ad- won game three and we won game five and also we've already won away to boston yes so if you think about it th-
2: th- uh we, we won we won game one three five seven yeah there we go Yeah. No. so, it's it's on that.
1: so that's w- let's grasp on to whatever that you know whatever magical statistics that we can and hold on to them like hell one of them was that we've won ab- every odd game so far. Another one is we've won away uh, in Boston already. So we know we can win at Boston. Uh, you know, we should be able to pull it off tonight. But let's, t- so that was, sorry, that was scores. So that,
2: that, that, was, that was all the games, but I can go through the, um, like, advanced scoring or whatever um, for five and six. If that's what you want to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, let's let's go through so that. So first
2: off, uh, game five, uh, Leafs won 2-1 with shots going in Boston's favor, 29-27.
1: Where was that game?
2: Uh, it was in...
1: Game five was in... Uh, uh, Boston.
2: Boston. Yeah. So we won away again. Um, we so love th- winning in Boston, in fact. Well, that's why it's called Toronto Dominion Gardens. That's right. That's right. <laughs> People forget. Yeah. Um, but this is, this was a pretty odd game looking at this. Uh, Scoreless first period. Scoreless mm. second period. Yeah. Austin Matthews scores. Yeah. Uh, 11 uh, minutes, 33 seconds into the third period. Yeah. His fourth of the series. Yep. I was just going to Muzzin and Kasperi Kapanen. Yeah. Um, but this was the controversial goal that uh, even Leafs fans have said was goalie interference. Um, and we'll get on to oh why. Yeah. So I th- I, I've I, seen it. It was goalie interference uh, by the standard of how they've been calling it this
1: year. Well, Sometimes. I I mean it's it's the NHL like <laughs> so yeah they but I mean, right. you know it's open to their interpretation so sometimes they've called it under that situation no, no, but I but sometimes they haven't
2: I'm saying um, like on um, what do you call it? on average this is the way they've been uh, by the way they've been calling it this season how how they've been calling goalie interference this season how they've been told to call it how it's de- defined
1: this season oh yeah I get I get what you're saying but what I'm saying <coughs> is it's it's you know you can't suggest it's been very consistent. No, no, no. I a way I they've been calling. I'm not. That's why I said average. Yeah. Well, On average, this I don't is how think they're average. meant to.
2: Um, but yeah. So I'll talk about that more in a minute after the Boston goal. But uh, Leafs go up 2-0. Right. Uh, 13 minutes, 45 seconds in the third period. Kasperi Kapanen with his first goal of the series. Yeah. So he actually got his first two points in this game.
1: Oh, yeah. So he yeah. had
2: no points up until game five. Oh, yeah. He came alive, though. Um going to Andres Jonsson, his third, and Morgan Rielly, his fourth. Right. That was a good goal. Yep. And then David Krejci scores for Boston. Assist going to David Pasternak and Tori Krug. Yeah. Uh that was with uh let me work this out, uh forty four seconds left oh, in the yeah. game. And this actually was a blatant offside call. However, point was uh the, this point was um brought up once again Steve D'Angle Podcast. Yeah. And I've seen it on Instagram and stuff. Right. Um he was literally like a mile offside. Yeah, but when the re- when the refs looked at it, they they they, they had uh, so there's no fact that um, in the last minute of the game, if if a goal is scored, they review it anyway, no matter what, if their coach calls it or not. Yeah. So they reviewed it, saw it as offside, realised
1: that they'd already made a mistake on the Matthews goal. Yeah, an equaliser. And oh h- and well. then they had to they kind of had to do it to equal. Oh, that's I hate that because they don't have to do that. But yeah, no. So huge controversy there. Two too huge. Wrong calls. Yeah, and and
2: a, s- a stat here just to uh, back this up. The um, what, so
1: what was that was final score of the game?
2: Yeah, two one okay. to Toronto. Yep. Um, and a stat here is that um pretty much all the um, penalties that have been called in the whole series, they're pretty much equal.
1: Yeah, They've yeah made where them they equal. equal equalize it or whatever, which they will do, and that's all part <coughs> of this refs keep their whistle in their pocket during the playoffs and that sort of thing, and they do try and balance it out. Um, but. Just before moving on from that. So the final score, 2-1 in that game. And um, loads of people saying that defensively that was the best game that Leafs played the entire year. Well, it shows with the two scores, periods. Yeah, yeah, amazing. So that's the Leafs that we need to see come out tonight. Yeah. And um, that game was in Boston,
2: right? Yes. And then the home game, which um, my
1: aunt, your sister. Yeah. And um, Dan went too. Yeah, regular listeners to the podcast as well, Sean and Dan. If you're listening, yeah, they went. They were at the game. Um, now, amazingly, I've talked about him before. My uh, brother-in-law Dan is a uh, big Bruins uh, supporter, so he was actually at the game in Toronto, uh, wearing a Bruins jersey, as was my sister, and um, and sure enough, uh, and sending us loads of cool pictures and stuff, which was great. Um, but yeah, uh, how'd it go? How'd that game go? Uh, we lost that game. And fun fact, every time that uh, the
2: both of them have gone to a Bruins game, well, this year, so that's two games this year, mm-hmm. we've lost both.
1: Oh, no. So just please never go yeah. to one again. If anybody Thank knows you. these two people, do not give them a ticket to tonight's game.
2: Do not let them in. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, yeah, the Leafs didn't. They, they were completely outshot, outplayed. It was yeah. awful. It was not great. Sure. Um. So the final score was four two to Boston. I uh, I feel it's more three two, but I'll go out over that in a minute. Yeah. Okay. Um. The shots were forty one to twenty four in favor of Boston.
1: Yeah. Which is <laughs> awful. Yeah, especially in this series, it's just not indicative of the series that we've been having. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's, it's been a close series. As as it's gone to another game seven. It's always a tight series between these two teams. Yeah. For you sure. Think about it. The, the last the last few times that they've been, uh, faced off against each other in the playoffs. Yeah. Which is three times uh in um I believe si- since since twenty thirteen. Yeah. Uh the times that they faced uh the three times they faced off, this is this being the third, that all of them have gone to a game seven. Yeah. So it just shows how close uh, closely battled these two teams are. For sure. But this t- this uh this game started off uh We pretty opened it up. Yeah. We? we opened up the I story. Mean, if you remember it was an earlier game for once that's here. right that's so 8pm right. your time I was in uh, our time yeah UK I was in Holland at the time I managed to watch a bit of the game yeah. uh, it
1: was 9pm my time yeah uh, and uh, noon face off so 12 o'clock face off I think uh, we're in Boston and Toronto if, if it's 5 hours back it would have been 3pm three, 3 3pm sorry
2: yep because um, this was a Toronto game yep so uh, it lo- it's, yeah as I said start off promising with a nice shot by Morgan Riley his, uh, sh- his first one-timer. goal First goal of the Absolute season. Absolute laser. Assist going to William Nylander, his second. And oh, yeah. someone we've talked about already. Patrick Marlowe. Yeah. Picking up his second assist. Fantastic. Um, then it doesn't go great. Um uh that uh Boston Tight one one. Uh on the power play. Yeah, Mr. Brad Marchand has yeah, uh no, I hate Marchand. third goal. Uh assist going to Patrice Bergeron, Leaf Killer. Yeah. Um That's yeah. And then I don't uh, want to talk about much more. And then uh, this is still in the first period. Uh, Boston
1: make it two-one on another power play.
2: Yeah, another power play. Tory Kruck is first. Uh, so this is going to David Pasternak and Brad Marchand.
1: And I mean, so that is such a good, indi- such a great indication because you, as you alluded to a second ago, you're about to um, tell us that the last two goals are open netters. So if you blank those ones off, the power play and losing the f- those face-offs killed us. Because we lost those two goals in the first period, and could never able, we're never never able to fight our way back from that. Uh, you know, their power play is fantastic; ours sucks. Our PK sucks. Anyway, yeah. so um, so goal by Riley, and then two power play goals by Boston. We're still just out of the first period.
2: That ends the first period.
1: Uh, into the second period, uh, goal. Uh, the only goal of the
2: second period uh, to Boston to make it three-one. Jake Uh, assist going to David Krejci and David Postner. Son of Louie. Yes. Do you, re- do you reckon you can get in touch with him saying you're from Stratford and just try and get DeBrusk out that game? you know.
1: I think... Hold him back slightly. I'm sure he'd come straight over. What do you mean? I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I didn't really hear your question. Anyway, carry on. Uh, so that makes
2: it 3-1. Mist, uh, f- next... Uh, no, no, Yeah, this is third period. So, um... Uh, upcoming captain Austin Matthews scores his fifth goal uh, in four games yep so his fifth goal of the series uh, in four games um, assist going to Jake Gardner his second assist and Travis Dermott his second assist uh, 4.50 into the third giving the Leafs a nice long time to at least tie it up but they don't because they're the Leafs yeah. um, anyway um, Brad Marchand scores again uh assist going to Zidane Chara and Charlie McAvoy uh this was the empty net goal that you were talking about earlier and the reason I think it should only be three two is because I don't really count empty net goals um they kind of just uh
1: just ha- helping someone with easy in points until until we get an empty netter uh, in, w- in to which win case I will to, brag to break, every day. A, to break <laughs> a draw and win uh yeah so anyway that um that uh, brings us up to date on the scores of where we're at. That uh, w- uh, that's game six, yeah. Yep. So um, game seven tonight, away to Boston. Uh, starts at midnight our time. You won't be able to check it out because you got school tomorrow. Ha ha! Oh. I'm going to try and stay up if I can. I mean, I pretty much got it. Um, yeah. But uh, Austin Matthews, superstar of the of the series, as far as I'm concerned, he's been fantastic. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean. Uh, once again, I've seen this. Mitch Marner has, was uh,
1: leading. He leadi- He's carrying the team oh in my the first God, two yeah. games. Where is Mitch Marner?
2: Oh, I, I know. He's only got four points.
1: And so you know what's happened. It's, not that, or m- even that. it's not, not that Mitchie has has disappeared. It's that Boston has figured him out. And they've shut him down completely. This so last year, this time last year, they'd figured out how to shut down Austin. And this year, they have figured out how to shut down Mitchie. The great
2: thing about the Leafs
1: is, as, as as we've always said, they they have so much depth. And
2: as as we said before, it's like they have two first lines. And um, once again, they figured out how to shut down our top line with uh, the Tavares line with Marner yeah. and Heimer. And Tavares. Yeah, exactly the same thing. They figured it out. They figured out how to shut down one line. But the other line is... Mad. Yeah. <laughs> mm. They they can't they, they don't have the depth or the defense to
1: shut down both the of yeah, those lines. F- absolutely right. The guys that are being successful at shutting down our first line are not available to shut down our our second one two punch our super second line, and so that's where the goals are coming from.
2: Yeah. Um, and
1: um, the one of the
2: one of the big moves that they've made is if you remember they had um, Pasternak Marshand and, oh who's the other one Bergeron on mm. one line, and that was a mental line. And uh, game one comes along, they just got stripped apart by Mitch Marner and
1: uh, John Tavares That's and right. Hyman. And they never set them up like that again. And, they've
2: and uh, Pasternak is now on the second line to give it that just bit more depth. And I'm pretty sure they put uh, McAvoy or DeBrusque on that first line now. And w- I, I, something about one of those guys, maybe they're big or they're fast or, so- or something... But one one of those guys is,
1: is able to help shut down yeah, that, for that sure. minor Char- line. Uh, Charlie McAvoy's having a hell of a series, that's for sure. Yeah. Um. W- there was something else that we were going to say about Leafs. Um. So, there is um one of I- one of Finn's questions. I think it was about um. Are there any Leafs players? This is a fame question. Why am I saying it? Oh, do you mean to do it? Um, yeah, come on. I mean, I wasn't w- even sound right. Just let's do this one, and then we'll see if we can get Scott on. Okay,
2: I'm. I'm pretty sure I know which one you're talking about. And my question was: uh, Are there any Leafs players that you think uh, have looked tired, or maybe even injured?
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a good question. Um, I'm just t- I'm just trying to think now. Um, anybody who looks tired to you that started to look tired on the Leafs because it has been one hell of a series. And it started to stretch out. I'm just trying to think of anybody who just doesn't look like they have the same zip that they did. I think Nylander might be showing signs of not having that zip that he started out with. Um, May- uh, maybe. Uh, uh, what about Hainsey?
2: Hainsey, I'm not sure. Because Hainsey's not never been that offensive point
1: producing well, player. He's been he's been that shut down guy, but I love Hainsey as you know. And right, um just give me give me I- a second. His I'll name's barely been I barely remember his name being uttered in this series. And I think he might be struggling a bit with the pace of things. Marlowe, as we mentioned before, I think he's unquestionably struggling hey. with the pace. Haynesy? Yeah. The reason you you haven't really heard about how about him, he's only got one point.
2: However, he's got he's on a plus six. Yeah. Yeah, so, so he he's defensively, doing he's doing all right. He's doing his defensive role, which is why no one's. because yeah. he's just doing his job. He's just in there doing his job. Yeah, so Hain-, Hain, it's not. I, I don't think there's any problem with Hainsey. No, you may But be I feel right. like there are. I, I know. I know we talked about uh, Bruins maybe running ragged that first line. Yeah. Once again, I, I've seen some. I've seen an, and and uh, again Steve Dangle podcast. I've seen heard some stuff. Yeah. That points to, Tavares looking a bit injured. And the fact uh, that he, he's he been looking slow when he gets hit, like yeah. when, he's, when he's got up, he looks he looks he, slow. He he looks in amongst
1: not the good. The in amongst the zippy guys, he does look a bit slow. Um, Which is unlike
2: him, he's usually one of those quick guys. That's why they have that mad first line with Hyman, Marner, and Tavares, is because they all can keep up with each other.
1: Yeah, no, you're right, you're right, there might be something
2: there. Marner looks tired. I yeah. mean, he's not as quick as he was at the start of the se- uh, series. I don't know I that I think he
1: looks tired. I think that he's taken some hits, right? I no. mean, he's definitely taken some big
2: hits. Uh, I I don't think he's injured. I think the hits are ty- uh, because, as you know, when you get hit, it takes number one. It probably take the wind out of you, For especially sure. if it's a big hit like a Zdeno Chara hit. Yeah, and some of the hits that that being thrown does the same thing. Yeah. Um. S- so that's number one. That that'll get you out of breath. Um. But also he's been trying to keep alive that first line and try and put shots on the Boston net, yeah. which he succeeded in doing, but he's never got that proper opportunity because Hyman again is looking not as zippy as he, u- as, as he normally is. So, uh, I, I just think that, that, that whole line is tired. And well, just, also just remember
1: that. So, so Bruins have all the, uh, physicality and, and, um, you know, we always knew that that was going to be a weakness that we needed to overcome. And Mitch, in particular, <laughs> is not a physical player. And so the way that they're shutting down Mitch is by, sh- uh, is by pushing him to the outside of the ring, right? They're not letting him into the middle. And, you know, that, that mean th- how would they do that? Well, they'll do that physically, right? They'll do it by pushing him out. They'll do it by, s- you know, smothering him in, in the boards, by stuffing him along the boards and pinching him in. And yeah. that's got to take its toll, you know, for sure. Yeah, th-
2: this this is what I'm saying because he's Mitch is the kind of guy that will never ever give up. He's just got that determination, that kind of um, drive that will never make him want to ever quit. And uh, it's it's that kind of thing that if if he doesn't get it one time, as soon as he gets the puck, he'll try it again, and again and again until it w- until it works. Cause yeah, he 'cause Because no, we, we've seen over the season it works. That's why you. That's why we've we've uh, th- uh Babs has put together that Hyman Tavares minor line. Is because that that's what works, and um, with Boston just physically pushing pushing him around, again me I I'd still think that Tavares may be injured. It's it's not a big thing. It's not a critical thing. I don't think. It just but not. It, a it he's
1: just not 100 percent. Yeah,
2: it it might be just a, a bruise in the shoulder or something, or something that's
1: not making that's making him feel uncomfortable. But it's the playoffs. What can you do, right? Absolutely. Just carry on, and nobody's going to say a whisper about anything, certainly um, publicly if anybody's got, uh, you know, if either of those teams know that one of their guys is so much has got a tweaked ankle, they're never, ever going to say a whisper to anybody about it. Um, one more player. we'll see if we can get Scott on in a minute, but one more player to mention, uh, Jake Gardner. What are your thoughts?
2: I think I, uh, he hasn't he hasn't looked the same this season, but I, I'm not going to lie. This, this series with Boston... Especially after last last year, when he messed up in that game seven, it's it's gonna <laughs> even though people like Matthew say, yeah, I'm never gonna look in the past. Babs is like, uh, all those games are in the past. You know, I don't kn- We don't want to think about that. But that it, it's m- gotta play on a guy's mind, for sure. Especially on a guy like Gardner, like Matthews gonna look past it. i He pro- probably scored in that game seven, right? Yeah, Mana probably d- did something in that game seven. Yeah, Tavares wasn't even in the game seven. He does. He he. It's not going to do anything to him. He nope. wasn't there. No. Nope. Um. But Gardner was the. He was the reason. He was probably. Uh, he was the reason that the Leafs lost that game.
1: Yeah. I I'm, I'm,
2: I mean that that sounds awful as a Leafs fan. Yeah. But the the two crucial. He goals, was instrumental in our loss. Yeah. The 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 the, the uh, I believe the Burns second goal he caused, and the game win the the eventual game winning goal yeah. was some was a bad mistake by him. Yeah. So, so that's s- gonna play on his so mind.
1: In game six, which I know that you um didn't see all of it because you're uh w- in Amsterdam or whatever. Um but he did dish out one straight to the other team on a turnover at mid ice and I just everybody gasped, you know. Um you're sort of on the edge of your seat with, with Jake Garner. Just waiting for him to mess it up badly somehow, but so he's hu- he's hung in there, and I actually bringing up his uh, bringing up his name, I was going to give him a bit of credit where it's deserved and say he's hung in there and he's had a good series so far. No, no, de- definitely he's looking but solid,
2: but yeah, definitely. But all season and especially in this playoff series, he just hasn't. He's he's not the gardener that he used to be. Mm. I mean, l- uh, th- the season before, Riley Riley was kind of the ghost guy, right? Yeah. This season, he's had a career season. Last season, yeah, it yeah. was Gardner. Yeah, I see what we you're saying. We all thought that Riley and Gardner this season were going to have their career seasons, maybe have a pair if you're, with each I other. I mean,
1: if you're on the Leafs now and you're not young and fast, you're standing, you're starting to stand out, which is, you know, great and speaks great things about um, what's to come. But, uh, yeah, he might be slowing down a little bit. But, listen, I'm looking at the clock, and uh, should we see if we can get Scotty on? Yeah, I was going to say
2: one last thing. Though. Go on then, go on. Just before we get him on, because obviously we want to. Um, I was going to say that the, the the two guys that have been there the longest, I believe, are Gardner and um, Kadri. And we've both just said the same things, that they're not as fast as they used to be. They're not as young as they used to be. They're not as fit as they used to be. Because if you remember back in the day when we had um, P.A. Parento, oh,
1: no, yeah.
2: No Matthews, no Mono, no yeah. anything. Yeah, that's right. Um, good old Bernier in that yeah. legend. <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh, Rhymer. Op- Optimus Rhyme. Optimus Rhyme. I love that guy. Um. But yeah, those those two guys were the standout guys. Those those guys, Kadri was the Matthews. Yeah, he was no, the he was right, the best player right. we had. You're right. D- Gardner was the Riley.
1: hmm
2: I mean, ri- I'm pretty sure Riley probably uh, played then as well. Maybe in one one a couple seasons. I I probably need to look this up. But Gardner was a standout defenseman. Yep, Kadri was the standout center. But now you've got all these young guys, guys that are even better than them, or someone like Riley who stepped up their game massively. They just they're just not living up to kind of the expectation that Leeds fans have in seeing them as at their best. Yep. Um. But yeah, I just think it, I just think it's it's probably down to more age kind of thing and the uh, just the youth and speed of this team. Yep. This this team is a team that relies on speed alone. Uh well, let's well not so sorry n- sorry, not speed alone but then one of their main things is speed and youth one and of our fitness. strengths is our speed for sure we've probably got one of the i um, i i i'm ha- I would be happy to say we've probably
1: got the fastest team in the league mm, yeah, I think we might I think we might, which is what I was saying that you know when you're starting to slow down a little bit you maybe you might be awesome on any other team, but you stand out on lease at the moment because we're all about our pace yeah let's get Scott okay What is no. Playoffs edition. We're
3: going to Boston, baby!
1: Hey, fantastic. We're back with another uh, um, segment of Cliffy's Notes with Scott Ancliffe. Scott, are you there?
3: I am indeed. Good evening, guys.
1: Hey, great to have you back on the show. Um, For um, listeners who regularly tune in, uh, you'll know that Scott's a great buddy of ours who lives in the uh, north part of the country near Sheffield. He's a big supporter of Sheffield Steelers, as are we now, and um, and also a Leafs guy too. And uh, Scott has uh, been great for keeping us up to date on stuff happening around the UK. Uh, and also he's um, been one of the guys with us trying to um, raise the profile of women's hockey in general. Uh, so Scott, how are you? How have things been over uh, over the week since we saw you last?
3: Yeah, I'm good. Um, I've sort of been back at school teaching now a week and a half, so the, uh, the adorable... Um six- and seven-year-olds, well, maybe not so much adorable, have uh, been driving me a little bit insane. But other than that, I'm, I'm all good. It's been a nice bank holiday weekend, so I've been out in the sun and um,
1: oh, yeah, you know had a few,
3: um, a few adult beverages and a barbecue. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so all good.
1: Fantastic. Wobbly pops, we call them back home. I don't know what you call them here.
3: Oh, yeah, Wobbly Pops,
1: definitely. <laughs> no, it's been fantastic here for sure. Um, so, I mean, the last time that we spoke to you um, a week ago, the um, Men's Elite League had all wrapped up and we had a great sort of um, summary of that from you. Um, uh, ended up with um, Cardiff retaining their um, title for the championship, I believe. And um, and I think has the women's um, just wrapped up as well.
3: Uh, well, the season's still ongoing. Oh, it is still with, going, yeah. Um, yeah, but with five games to go, the, uh, the Bracknell Queen, who have absolutely been ripping up uh, the Women's Elite League, have clinched the title. So um, they went into the game at the weekend against Swindon, and Swindon is um, currently bottom of the uh, league. And Bracknell were really short bench, so they went into the game with nine players um, due wow. to injuries and um, lack of availability for the game um but yeah they knew that a win in swindon would clinch it and, and that, uh, yeah with five games to go uh, the brighton all queen bees uh, featuring some of our listeners have gone on to win their eighth consecutive league title um so a, a phenomenal achievement eight wins in a, eight, eight league wins in a row
1: that's amazing!
3: So, absolute phenomenal achievement
1: and so that was is it the top cats swindon top cats yeah
3: Yep, Swindon and top cats against uh yeah, the Bracknell Queen Bees.
1: Fantastic. Uh yeah, no, we love the Queen Bees. We become big fans of them uh as well. Uh shout outs to um some of our regular listeners there, like uh, Rachel Cartwright and is our friend Nat on that team?
3: Mm, Nat Soldridge is on there as well, yep.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Two two really fantastic players. Um, so cool. So that's what that's the confusion for me. So the season was still going, but they've clinched it early um, because they've uh, have had such a, a fantastic season.
3: Yep. So we um, have in 15 games they've won 14 and drew one, and so uh, yeah, they won the title with five games left in the season. And wow. the uh, the netminder, a quick shout out for uh, Sam Bonifon, uh, a stiff shutout of the campaign uh, against Swindon. Wow. Um, so yeah, great achievement there as well.
1: Yeah, so much you can do with a with a uh, fantastic uh, goalie in the pipe. So yeah, you know, that really helps. And I know that she's uh, had a great season this year as well. So yeah, big big up to to Sam as well. Um, so do they play? So what happens? Do they play it out? The rest of uh, the- yeah,
3: I believe they'll yeah they'll still play out um, because obviously um, they've got the relegation and promotion. Um, Sort of uh, aspect of it going on okay. with uh, the women's Premier League below. So uh, my local team, Sheffield Shadows, were relegated from the Elite League last year, right. and so they're currently in the Women's Premier League. I believe they're a- around mid-table in the Premier League. Okay. Um, but there's a, a-, a north, well, a-, a promotion from the Premier League to the Elite League. So Nottingham are currently sat at the top of the Women's Premier League, hoping to um, to gain promotion, whereas Swindon top caps at the minute, aren't looking in a great um, place. So they've only got one win in 16 games uh, with two draws and 13 losses. So it's looking like uh, the writing's on the wall for uh, for your local team or or fairly local team uh, with Swindon. Yeah. Um, Yeah, unfortunately...
1: Yeah, no, the, and Swindon's got some good players too. Um, when I was uh, playing for the Reckwell Cats, um, I met a few of them there, and, and, and in fact some of them would come out and train with us uh, from time to time, and I know oh. they've got some good players, so uh, maybe the chemistry just isn't there for them this year, and it's a, it's a shame because I know they do have some good players as well. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, a few games left there, and really, I suppose it's, as you say, a a bit cynically playing for the bottom, really, at the moment, to see who's for the drop.
0: Uh, Yeah,
3: pretty much. So, um, yeah, I guess the writing's on the wall for some teams, and um, they'll play out the the fixtures, but I guess it takes the pressure off the Queen Bees, knowing that, obviously, they've got the league wrapped up, and maybe an opportunity to give... You know, players who don't see as much ice, um, a bit more ice yeah, time
1: sure. as well. Absolutely, absolutely. No, that's 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 a great opportunity for um, some of the um, players that might be um, lower in, in a club and not seeing, uh, or too far down the bench that might get a bit more ice time. No, that's a great opportunity. Now, I know that there's been some uh, interesting uh, announcements happening around uh, the men's GB team, but let's park that for a second and come back to that. Um, mm-hmm. because I know that something fairly exciting happened and, and you managed to get involved with that uh, just recently. Can you tell us about that?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, recently at the Fly DSA Arena in Sheffield, there was a Canada versus USA game um, put on by uh, the UK Super Series. So it's been running for about eight seasons now and it's set up by a, a gentleman called Kerry Goulet and um, Keith Primo as well. Um, who played a long time in the the NHL and Kerry Goulet's played a, a lot around Europe and a couple of, obviously, former very experienced pros. And basically, they've set up a, um, a foundation called a Stop Concussion Foundation. So okay. they basically raise awareness about concussions, not just in ice hockey, but just in general, sure. in sports and concussion prevention. And they do the best to raise awareness and raise uh, money. So in... Eight years um, of this event currently going. So it started off in um, Australia, and um, they take it to generally not the most traditional places. Um, so you know, they've been to like Australia, they've been to um, New Zealand, Germany, and, and they've come to the UK. So um, I mean, I believe they've had events on in Canada and stuff in the past, but they've been trying to raise awareness of the game around the world but also about concussion prevention. So it came to the UK for the first time uh, on Saturday, just gone. Wow. And um, yeah, luckily I was uh, invited down to uh, come along to, to do um, press. So I've been there in uh, media capacity. Um, so I wrote a match report. I wrote a, a piece beforehand sort of helping promote the event. And um, yeah, so it was a great event to take part in. And, and Canada won as well, mm-hmm. a close 5-4 game. Um, but a lot of very experienced, um, great players on show. So, For example, for Canada, there were the likes of um, Kevin Bieksa, who I was uh, fortunate enough to, uh, to interview after the game, so I believe we're going to put a sound bite for that later. Um, but there was players like uh, Kevin Bieksa with over 900 games in the NHL, uh, Rene Bork with over 500 games, uh, then there were the likes of um, uh, Dane Byers, who's, who's played uh, games in the NHL, uh, Chris Drager, who's currently uh, an AHL netminder with the um, Philadelphia uh, Flyers organization. Sam Moran, as well, who's uh, quite a high draft pick, who's been uh, on um, Philadelphia's books as well. And then with the USA, there's the likes of uh, Brandon Bollig, who won a Stanley Cup with Chicago. Oh, yeah. uh, TJ Brennan, who played briefly for the Leafs, but yeah. played a fair few games in the show. Uh, Rob Schremp who was quite a high draft pick. From um, Stapleton, who played quite a few games in the show as well, um, so yeah, so some very experienced lineups, and um, like I say, Canada coming away with the win, and um, yeah, a great event to be part of, and um, you know, for a very worthwhile cause.
1: Fantastic! It sounds amazing. And so, uh, did you say what are they calling this? The Super Super League?
3: Yeah, it's the UK Super Series. Super but, Series. Um, I, yeah, so I believe um, around. Europe and, and whatnot. I think it's just going to be called the Super Series. So basically, the Canada and USA teams will travel to uh, other countries. So they're going to Australia and New Zealand again uh, in June and July. So they're going to go over there and do like a bit of a tour. And I believe over the course of uh, the number of games they're going to be playing in the different cities, um, the victors of um, the, I guess, the most games overall will win the trophy.
1: Fantastic, and now you mentioned uh, a moment ago, we're going to listen to, uh, you uh, managed to have an interview uh, with one of the players, um, which one was that?
3: It was Kevin Bieksa, he captained oh, yeah, the Team Canada team, and uh, yeah, he spent, uh, played over 900 games in the NHL, uh, mainly with Vancouver, um, Anaheim, and uh, yeah, a very experienced player and a, a very nice guy as well.
1: Fantastic, well I think we've got that lined up for us, um, let's, uh, let's hear a little bit of that now.
4: Yeah. Right, so I'm joined by Kevin Bieksa. Uh Kevin, uh, thoughts on the game? A 5 4 win, obviously the team you captain, Canada. How does it feel to be in Sheffield and a, a 5
0: 4 win? Very impressed with Sheffield. Uh, the atmosphere was great tonight. Uh, very cool arena. Looks like it has a lot of history. And I think when you come to some of these different ranks across Europe, you really feel a a good atmosphere. And we felt that tonight, felt like the fans were engaged and there was a lot of Canada cheers. I felt like we were the favorite team. I think there was more Canadian fans in here than the US. But when you play in a game like this, it's for charity, it's for the cause. And that's why we're all here, is to raise money for concussion research. A lot of us have had concussions. A lot of our friends have had careers ended short. But when the game starts, you kind of want to win. So you go out there and you're kind of having fun for a bit, but then you get a little bit competitive and you want to win. So to come out with a win feels good. Absolutely. So uh, like you said, over a 1,000 professional games,
4: a lot of those in the show with Vancouver, Anaheim, what are your favorite memories? you probably got hundreds of favorite memories, but top few memories uh, from your career.
0: I have a lot of favorite memories. I think uh, I was fortunate to get to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup playoffs in 2011 when we were in Vancouver at a great team. Won the President's Trophy, which is the league, and then we went through the playoffs and we had a great run and lost in Game 7, which is heartbreaking and something I always uh, think of, but it was such a positive memory and experience, the whole thing. and. I captained Team Canada at the World Championships in 2014 and we did really well and that was a great experience too. Those are two of my favorite memories, you know, of course my first game, first goal, that stuff kind of comes to memory too.
4: Absolutely. Um, so today it's all about headway and stop concussions, two great charities who are benefiting. Uh, obviously concussions now, there's a lot more known about concussions in the sport, but what do you feel could be improved to, to raise awareness, I guess, and mm-hmm. to help um, players, you know, not suffer from uh, concussions?
0: Well, I think people have to realize that there's no preventing concussions. It's if Unless you want to change the whole fabric of the sport, and, you know, much like football and rugby, Uh, contact is part of our sport and the fans clearly like it and it's part of the fabric so you're not gonna prevent them but I think diagnosing them and educating people and then maybe uh, improving the protocol with how are they rehabbing how much time did they take we know so much more now than we did ten years ago and I still think we have a long way to go and that's why like events like this that raise more money to do the research is is very necessary so you know I'm very fortunate I never had any major concussions in the NHL I had two before but I've had 20 or 30 minor ones and luckily I always had good trainers and I had a really good friend who was one of the best doctors in North America for concussion. He was a concussion specialist, so I was constantly getting treated for that kind of stuff and we need more people like him around. Yeah,
4: obviously it's uh, an unfortunate part of the game, but like you say, it's uh Part of the game, um, mm-hmm. part of the game that I enjoy is, is the, I guess, the fighting aspect, dropping our gloves. You were known for the uh, the Superman punch, so uh, plenty of uh, one punch knockouts that way. So, um, I guess with with the fighting, um, what's your most memorable fight and who with? And who would you say someone who, in those pre-game naps where you, you get the nerves and, and things, who did, oh, yeah. was there anyone who you, you sort of didn't yeah, look forward to seeing on the uh, the you other team's lineup? Or?
0: I was there. I was just talking with Eric Nielsen, yeah, who has yeah. obviously fought his whole career in the dressing room and i was telling him and explaining to him that i never really had a whole lot of anxiety of fighting because i was in a pretty good situation where i didn't have to fight i would yeah i would basically fight if if something happened i was playing 25 minutes a night for a lot of my career and over 20 minutes a night for sure for most of my career and i would fight when it was i wanted to basically and i enjoy fighting i grew up with two brothers a really physical dad who fought all the time with uh, his men's leagues and all that stuff so I always enjoyed it. It's, for me, it's like a chess match. Yeah.
4: Cool, I'll uh, leave you to it. I know you yes. got to get off. Thank so you so, I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Take care.
1: Oh, fantastic opportunity to speak to him. And what a great guy. Um, sounded like he had lots of time for, for fans and things like that too. Uh, yeah,
3: absolutely. Um, you know, he's a very humble guy and um yeah he was he was very good and uh, gave me the opportunity to uh, interview him i was a little nervous i hope that didn't come across uh, too much in the interview never really uh, interviewed a player of uh, kevin's sort of magnitude before so uh, a great opportunity and, um, yeah, a bit of a bucket list one for me to interview such a, an experienced sure. NHLer.
1: For sure. And all, really awesome. We really appreciate you uh, um, letting us put that out on the on the pod tonight. Um, for sure, it's a benchmark for us, our first at, uh, ex-NHLer on the podcast. So uh, fantastic. And, and what a great guy. Uh, and what a great... Um, what a great sort of concept that they put together around uh, concussion awareness and that sort of thing. So really exciting and amazing to be part of that, Scott.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So let's. Anything else to say on that, or should we jump over to the uh, GB news?
3: Um. Now, so I think we've covered it fairly well. So maybe, uh, maybe head over to GB.
1: Yeah. So um, we noticed, or I certainly noticed on social media that there was, or um, there was a bit of news um, recently about the men's GB team, Scott. What's happening there?
3: Yeah, so recently the um, head coach, Pete Russell, who's also the coach of the Glasgow clan, the Elite League, has announced his 25-man team. So he had to cut it down ahead of the World Championships in May in Slovakia. So he's recently announced his 25-man team, so he's cut. Um, Initially, he was allowed to believe 32 players who he was allowed to, to pick, and then he had to cut it down to a further 25 so, uh, some of the notable names on the team, obviously, the net trio of Ben Bounds, Jackson Whistle, and Tom Murdy. So, uh, a few goalies we're very familiar with. And um, there's been some longtime stalwarts in the team, so the likes of Mark Richardson uh, in defense from Cardiff, and um, Stevie Lee from Nottingham, Ben O'Connor from Sheffield. And then, in the ranks forward-wise, there's Colin Shields, who's recently announced his retirement from the Elite League, so he'll be playing in his last tournament with GB. And uh, he's the all-time Elite League leading point scorer, so Colin Shields, very experienced. Then the likes of Ben Lake, who's got his dual citizenship, so he finished uh, amongst the top point scorers in the Elite League last year at Coventry, so born in Canada. And um, the likes of Robert Dow from Sheffield and Ben Davis uh, from Guildford. But one of the more notable omissions who hasn't been included was a uh, player called Kieran Long, who recently uh, won the British Elite League Player of the Year. He put up uh, 60 points in 60 games for Manchester, who wow. finished 10th um, out of 11 places in the, in the league. So he finished top British point-scorer in the league, and uh, he wasn't picked. But wow. from what people are saying on, on uh, social media, he's got a bruised foot and is listed as day-to-day. But then there is a player called Stephen Lee, who's just returned to the ice. Um, recently from a broken foot, but he's not at 100% fitness, though. So um, to not include someone like Kieran Longo, I was quite surprised at that. And I believe many people on social media, um, like Twitter and Facebook, have also shared their thoughts on that one as well as a bit of a, a puzzler and a bit of a shock, really.
1: Seems an oddball one, but um, it could be, I mean, you, you know, you're... Uh, Amazingly closer to all that sort of stuff than I am, but there's always uh, there's always stuff that we don't know about, isn't there? I mean, the uh-huh. there, there'll be people closer to those injuries that might know more about them than than is immediately obvious to the rest of us. Or you know, there's something that um, that coach thinks about the chemistry of particular players or something like that. But that does seem like a crazy omission uh, uh, to leave a top goal scorer out of out of the lineup like that.
3: Mm, absolutely and um, uh, a bit of a shout out as well for anyone who wants to watch the games over here in the UK they're showing the games live on free sports this weekend so a bit of a free opportunity for a hockey fix so uh, the GB side are taking on the KHL side Topedo um this weekend in nottingham on the 27th of april and then in sheffield on the 28th of april and both games live on free sports as well
1: that's awesome and a super shout out and um i know that finn and i went to watch the last one i think that was here uh which was gb against uh dinamo D- D- riga which was and it was just electric i mean uh, the atmosphere was amazing now finn you've got that nerdy look on your face like you know the whole uh, um, lineup of, uh, of GB. Have you got it? No, I, I didn't know the whole lineup, but I was looking at a couple of these
2: guys um, uh, to, to maybe mention uh, Liam Kirk. Who he was uh, just drafted, I believe, in the most recent draft. Um, he's playing for the Peterborough Peets, I believe, in Canada. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so he was selected? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, we d- we d- he was the one player we didn't see because he was in the middle of his season. Oh right, okay, and With he so he's probably going to be a really good player. Yeah, seeing as he was drafted, and um, Brett Pellini, who's uh, been playing well uh, in GB, uh, it was one of the guys that um, the coach at my hockey camp pointed out when I went there. And um, who's his uh, normal side? His what, what? team? Oh, uh, Nottingham Panthers. Okay, um, but he has a brother in the NHL, I believe. Oh, I don't know. I, I can't remember his name though uh scott yeah yeah he
3: yeah he does it's um brett polini's brother is Ooh, his name escapes me off the top of my head but he plays for chicago uh, blackhawks and he'd been recently with phoenix so he was drafted by phoenix i believe um oh his name is gonna annoy me now Um, brandon 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 yeah that's the one brandon polini and uh yeah so brandon's uh, now at Chicago, and uh, I believe he's doing um, fairly well there. And um, yeah, obviously they've had a great season, but that's a story for another time.
1: For sure, for sure. Um, cool. Anything else to say on that roster, Finn? Uh, I was going to say um,
2: Joey Lewis playing for ESV Kaufbeuren. Is that is that a German league? I, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, that's German league. Okay, yeah, this is. And something. so that
1: he normally plays in the German league.
2: Yeah, I I just saw. I'm looking oh at all cool. these. Most of me, most of these are are uh, elite league um, teams. Yeah. And uh, I just saw this this one that wasn't even like um, uh, British
1: a, guy who plays in the German league.
2: Yeah. Cool. So I'm gonna guess he's probably pretty good. So at
1: that's awesome. And so the, the uh, headline there is those games are uh, on uh, TV this weekend. So um, that'll be great to see. And uh, and like uh, like we were saying. We've seen the GB games, and it to me was just as good as watching. Certainly, certainly an A- OHL game, if not an actual NHL game. Uh, the way that the fans were, and the and the um, level of hockey is fantastic too.
2: I was gonna say, um, I'm pretty sure that is this is this the same team that's playing in the World Hockey Championship.
3: It uh, is yeah yeah uh, yeah so it's the same team that's going to the world championships so they have to submit their 25-man roster uh, I mentioned earlier it was from a 32-man but it was a, a 37-man roster initially so they really cut it down by yeah, 12 yeah. players and so this is the team what's going to go over to the top pool and play the likes of canada and uh, yeah USA. Awesome. i've, I've uh, got their
2: um their preliminary round um, lineup and it's it's not looking fun do they um, who are they well playing? They, they, b- they first play Germany. Yeah. So that's a game that they might win. Uh, next they play uh Team Canada with McDavid on it. That's wow. That's going to be fun for them.
1: It'll be a great game to watch, though.
2: It'll be great, but I'm not sure it will be fun for the GB players, to be honest. Uh, hey, well, you never know. They uh, got we're gonna have Denmark. We're gonna next? have Carey Price, but okay. Uh, yeah, Denmark next. Another game that GB has a very big chance of winning. Um, yeah. then they play US. Um.
1: Another interesting
2: matchup. I'm I'm looking on here though. There's there's this thing called Cheers, like um where like where people pick a side that's going to win.
1: Oh yeah. US USA v GB is the only one where GB is in favor of the Cheers. <laughs> wow, wow. Maybe the Americans oh. haven't discovered that website yet. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um. This is the uh double IHF, oh uh, like app.
2: Yeah. Oh, so it's the app. Th- this is for okay, all the international cool. hockey things. This is where I got the women's stuff from. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's good. Um. Then they play Finland. Right. And then uh, I believe, uh, oh no, uh, then they play Slovakia. And I think their last game is against France.
1: Wow, that's, uh, that's some pretty big Whoa. names. Pretty exciting tournament for GB to be involved in. Um, not meaning to sound patronizing the GB in any way because I've seen them play and they are awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, cool. Finn, um, got one of your questions for us? Well, we still got Cliffy on? Yes uh yeah we can do you want to ask that now yeah yeah or what were you gonna say i was gonna say do you want to look at the playoff brackets very briefly let's go on to the question because i'm looking at the clock and uh this is getting uh we've been blabbing we blabbed for the about the leafs for a long time before we got you on yeah yeah yeah. Uh, um right so what's what's the question so
2: my question for the both of you again which team is the biggest surprise, negative and positive, uh, for both th- both the East and West Conference, in the uh, playoffs?
1: I think that's going to be pretty easy for one of those conferences. The biggest <laughs> surprise. Yeah. Uh, so biggest surprise for East? West? Are oh, you wanna oh, go to West West? Yeah, well, whatever. The West is pretty obvious. West's the obvious one, isn't uh, it? No. Is it the East? East is the one with Tampa, Tampa? in it. Uh. <laughs> Uh, So the biggest negative surprise, I'm going to guess, in the East is everyone's going to go Tampa, right? Yeah, I am. I'm going Tampa. Biggest surprise for me, for sure. I mean, they were literally mugged and rolled over. (laughs) Um, Scott, anybody surprise you more than the Tampa loss?
3: Definitely not, no. So that one, I think that one's uh, surprised everyone and uh, caused a bit of a a bracket buster on that one. so. Um, So, yeah. I think no one really expected Columbus to particularly sweep Tampa as well in the way that they did, and um, yeah, that was a massive surprise.
2: Yeah, definitely. But one one thing to say on that quickly though is that Col- I'm not sure it's as fair as everyone everyone thinks it is. Obviously, Tampa paid, played the worst wild card in the East, um, but Columbus was the was a was a team that's been fighting to get in the uh, into the wild card for a while, and they stack they completely mm. stacked their roster just before. Just before the playoffs, yeah. so I'm not sure they were the wild card team that made the playoffs. They were the they they're probably more of a team that was at least wild card one, maybe even higher. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. but it's, it's not as big a big of a surprise. But I'm I'm maybe going to go with Pittsburgh because they got sweeped by the Islanders. I had the Islanders winning the series. Yeah. But I would have thought Pittsburgh put up at least one game with with the likes of like Murray in net, and then you got Latang.
1: Crosby, Malkin, Kessel—like, what's going on there? Yeah, no, you're uh, right. H- how can shot. they not win one game? Uh, two, yeah. So two big surprises. Yeah, definitely that the Penguin surprise was overshadowed by the Tampa one because of course Tampa w- were um in first place, you know, solidly.
2: So w- we, while we're in the East, may as well go positive
1: surprise. Or Are you guys just going to say Columbus? Uh, well, yeah, it's hard to pick one more positive than that situation. Um, you know, uh. Columbus, I can't imagine getting past Leafs or Boston though.
2: No, I I think I think who if, I f- I feel like whoever wins the um Leafs Boston series is probably going to make it to the final. Yeah. Because, oh. I'm gonna say that I mean this is my bracket. I think that the conference finals is going to be between be between, um Leafs and Islanders. But if Boston make it through, it's going to be Boston v the Islanders. And I'm not the the Islanders have had a had a great season, but I'm not sure they're. Tough enough to uh, beat the likes of Boston and Leafs in a seven-game series.
1: No, no, I think you're right. Uh, Um, So where does that leave us with the west? That leaves us with the west. So we'll go. We'll start off with.
2: No, we'll we'll go we'll go uh, more negative in the west first. So,
1: what do you guys have to say for that? Biggest. uh, Biggest disappointment. Biggest disappointment. Uh, For me, it's got to be Calgary. I mean, I'm just looking at my uh, bracket here. And uh, I wouldn't have probably thought about it for more than a second before I picked Calgary over Colorado, and uh, and again they got uh, they got bombed.
2: I'm pretty sure I've got a uh, I've got a quick stat stat about that, but I'll find it. So Scott, what's, what's yours?
3: Yeah, well um, I went actually. I got the. Bracket right, but I guess that's something we'll talk about in a bit with regards to the uh, the scoring and whatnot. And uh, don't want to don't want to get in a bit of a brag there, but I think I'm top of the uh, the pile with the points. But anyway, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not that I'm being modest or anything like that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I was expecting um, Colorado to beat Calgary because I was quite confident with the likes of McKinnon and Rantanen and those guys, Landers Cog and they have just been stacked recently. And, and Calgary, because of, I guess, lack of experience, and they've got some great players with the likes of Goodrow and, and uh, Giordano, and, um, but they didn't deliver in the playoffs, so they've been the biggest disappointment because Johnny Goodrow has not put up the numbers. He did a lot of the physical um, games played against them. And Mark Giordano just put in like two assists in, um, you know, in, in the series, and that's from a Norris trophy winning defenseman as well so you expect a bit more offense from a guy who's very notable for his uh, offensive output so yeah. for me uh, they've been the biggest biggest disappointment calgary for sure
1: yeah yeah me too so Finney, what about you
2: nashville i'm yeah. i'm going to say nashville mm. i'm sorry but like they they they're a team that have always been good they've been near the top of the league the whole season they were leading the league at one point as well, uh, above the amaz- the amazing Tampa team. Um, they have the likes of PK Subban, Roman Yossi. They probably have the, one of the best D de- defensive cores in the league, along with Pekka Rinne, who's a Vesna candidate goalie. And um, and then they got Wayne Simmons up front as well, which is probably one of the biggest, well, n- near the top, other than Duchesne probably um uh, Stone, in the in the trade de- deadline. He's probably up there with one of the biggest uh, trade deadline trades. Yeah, and yeah. they have been knocked out by Dallas. Yeah, Dallas, who barely made it in. Dallas, the team that, the with their like owner that dissed the best star players or whatever ever at the start of the season, if you remember all that, and they they beat this Nashville team. Like yeah, no, I don't absolutely,
1: get it. absolutely.
2: Um, but a uh, quick 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 stat on uh, bringing up the Cal- Calgary Tampa thing. For the first time in NHL history, the two number one seeds from both
1: conferences have been eliminated in round one. Yeah, no, that is that is a big thing. It's a crazy series when you think about it. I mean, <coughs> I end up getting so focused on uh, on the Leafs series, you know, and you sort of forget about what the some of the crazy stuff happening around the rest of the league. And uh, it's been a mad playoff series already for sure. I mean, my bracket is obliterated. Oh but yeah, I'm no taking a no look at mine, and a, a, a two year old who had never seen the sport before could have picked better.
2: Literally, out of the whole Western Conference, one of the teams that I picked has actually made it. Made no, they haven't even made it through yet. Because Vegas and San Jose also, also going to Game Seven. Yeah. Otherwise, lo- if you look, if you're, you're looking here, you have got the same as me pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm B- blown <laughs> away. Yeah. But uh, luckily, NHL this year brought out uh, the Second Chance Bracket Challenge. Did they? Yeah, I, I feel like they did this as soon as Tampa got knocked yeah, out cause everyone, have, everyone had they Tampa. They didn't do it last year. That's for sure.
1: But yeah, so um, do, you you know, do, do you want to do positive? Yeah, surprising positive for me, probably. Um, you know, I guess, I guess maybe St. Louis. Yeah, I was going to say St. <laughs> I was going to say St. Louis as Who, well. Who uh, you know? I thought I had Winnipeg going all the way to the Cup.
2: I had them going. Yeah, I had them going to the conference finals. I just
1: I, I thought they had it in them this year, but uh, good old St. Louis um, stood up to them and, uh, no. and knocked them out in the first round. Tyler Bozak. Yeah. Oh yeah, Bozy. And yeah, uh, uh, Jord- Jordan
2: Bennington. Mat yeah, Matt ma- Goalie.
1: Uh-huh. Uh what about you, Cliffy? Any uh your positive outlook on uh, Yeah,
3: well, I'd probably go for a clean and sweep with St. Louis, but I uh, I predicted them going for again Cha Ching and uh,
1: mm.
3: yeah, ben- Bennington's been uh, been lights out for St. Louis, he's is you know stunning his head and for such a young goalie to have that sort of um pressure of the playoffs on you as well, he's uh yeah, he's been excellent. Yeah, um, sure. so
1: I'd yeah, I'd go with St. Louis. Awesome.
2: I'm. I've got one more question. Okay. And uh, I feel like this is kind of a w- a weekly thing for us now. Oh God. So, right. this is going back to the Leafs because all, all three of us here are Leafs fans. Yeah. Um, so I want to know, uh, in the last few games, yeah, since our last podcast, yep, yeah. who has stood out, and who has disappointed you very s- like who has not performed as well as you thought.
1: You're talking about Leafs only. Leafs only since the last podcast, (laughs) not the whole series. Okay. All right. So who stood out or whatever, who stood out or stood up and who's been a bit more disappointing? I mean, we touched on this, Scott, a little bit before you came on as well. Um, I think for me, um, I am going to say... uh, So We'll go standouts first. Standout first. Oh, God. Okay. I was going to go the other way. Um, Standout first for me has been Freddie Anderson um in that uh we wouldn't have had a chance in this series in my opinion oh no he's he's played better w- than he played last season without Freddie playing as good as Freddie can play and so we've seen some brilliance from him over the season but i mean if we're honest it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride with good old Freddie. um but he has brought his a game from the moment that the series started and he's been pretty solid and pretty consistent so um, I'm going to say, you know, Freddie for me has been, uh, I, there's, you know, you want to say all those zippy fast guys and everything else. But for me, if Freddie wasn't being as good as Freddie is at the moment, we would have been gone long ago. So Freddie yep. for me, uh, what about you, Finn?
2: Oh, me first. Okay. Um, I, I said Freddie last week. I still think Freddie's great. You've picked him. I'm going to go for someone that, um, like most people would be thinking Freddie Matthews. No. I'm going to go for Muzzin. Jake Muzzin. He has stepped up. He has been the hitting guy that we need. He's been putting up assists at the same time. He's probably got the best playoff beard on the Leafs. (laughs) He does have a good beard. (laughs) (laughs) He took that massive hit from Pasternak like it was nothing. It cut cut his face up and everything. And he just shook it off like it was nothing. And he
1: literally... he's I'm going to say, other than Riley, he's our best defenseman. He's in the break. Have you seen how often he's in the break? So be, he'll be away with two forwards all the time. Yeah, he's he's like
2: he's literally like um, Burns because everyone's been everyone's been saying, "Oh, Burns is more like a forward
1: than a defenseman." He's two-way. He's like Burns, but then play, then is even better at D. Yeah, no. So he's awesome. So yeah, no, great call. What about you, Scott? Anybody over the last week that stood out?
3: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I, I, I like the show with Muzzin. You know, where, like Finn said, he's got a great two hundred foot game. He plays. You know. Good in the offensive zone event, obviously is outstanding defensively. But I'm gonna side with you, Shane, and I'm gonna go for Freddie. Yeah. You know, he's given us a chance every night. And yeah. um, you know, the momentum and, and the confidence that a great solid goaltending performance brings just breeds that confidence throughout the rest of your team. And I believe without Freddie being outstanding and and some of those saves he pulled off um, yeah. you know in game six, the glove save, yeah um, you know, and, and things like that, it just just helps the team confidence-wise to then just kind of dig deep and um, you know and, and go in those trenches and and really um, yeah play well for each other. So I'm going to go for uh, Freddie.
1: Yeah, no, I think that um, you make a good point about the saves and whatnot because what we've all talked about on a previous um, episode uh, was about um, you know fighting and what that brought, what that used to bring to the game and that sort of thing. And it used to be one of the tools in the toolbox that a coach could play when you're when you saw that your team's shoulders had dropped a bit and that sort of thing is you could put someone out there and make an event happen that would lift everybody's spirits and sort of bring everybody fighting back. Uh, and and an awesome save from a goalie like Freddie has exactly the same effect in my opinion. And so when you see your goalie is literally killing himself to make these some amazing saves you just feel like you've got to throw everything you've got at the game and uh, so it's bigger than just great saves you know the the impact that that has on the game but should we go for our disappointment or whatever yeah but quick 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 honorable mention we
2: didn't pick him a- as i said austin matthews he's yeah. been great in the last few games he's got five goals in four games he's leading the least with six points i just thought we should just quickly yeah, mention no him. he's a, absolutely goes without saying right do you want to go yeah. d- more disappointment? Who's not been uh, performing yeah, y- as well?
1: Yeah, where well, you go, you go, you you kick you it. You want off me to go that. first? Yeah. Uh, you asked the question. You had, yeah. You had prep.
2: I, I guess. I mean, we have already. I'm I'm gonna ex- excuse the uh, minor line. We've already talked. We talked about this earlier in the podcast.
1: So I. I I'm not gonna excuse him. You, okay. go, you go though.
2: Oh that's that's fine. Um, I was gonna say, Kapanen, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's great. And he looks great and he's fast, but he's not the Kapanen that we started the season off when we no, had no he's Nylander. he's not putting up the points like he's we needed st- to. He's still on the Matthews line. Yeah. Can we point out that w- everyone thought that Nyla- Nylander was going to go straight back on the Matthews line. Kas- Kasperi Kapanen was going to be gone. That was going to be it. Yeah. He's not going to be the standout player, but no. Yeah, he's still there. Nylander, got, Nylander was the one that, s- that stayed on the third line. Yeah, for Kapanen sure. Kapanen still on the Matthews line. He's just not doing much. Th- much. No. Uh, especially with the start of the season that he had, everyone expected loads from him. I think that Janssen has played better than him. Than him. Yeah. In the number in the one in the season, he's fi- no just picked it up. Um, he's playing well when Kapanen was on his hot streak. Yeah. But then he even picked he picked, he found another gear. Yeah. And now in the playoffs, he's found another gear, and he's he's playing better than Kapanen in my opinion. And I have to just think that Kapanen, with the with being entrusted on that Matthews line, I feel like Nylander almost deserves a chance on to just to try out that Matthews line. Yeah, uh, I know that's probably not going to happen with him having to play center while Kadri's out. But Kapan and uh, we we mentioned this. He's got two points in six games. Yeah, that that's not that's not a second line player of points.
1: No, no, for sure. Well, I'm going to go <coughs> for um, you know, I'm not going to just let that first line off the hook that easy. And so Scott, before you came on, we talked about how Cassidy, the coach, has you know f- figured out fairly early on how to um, start to shut down that first line. And, um, and for me, it's Mitch Marner, you know, um, and this isn't so much a criticism of Mitch himself, because I think he's, you know, he's trying his best. Um, but Bruins have just figured out how to shut him down. They figured, they figured out how to marginalize him and keep him out of the center of the ice, you know, and keep him to the outside of the rink. And, um, he just doesn't have the physicality to fight his way into the middle and they've completely shut him down. And he's just been, you know, unfortunately not a presence at all in the last couple games when, when we really needed him to. So, I mean, to turn that around for us, what would be great is if he stands up tonight somehow and finds his way into the center and uh, maybe pops in a few, um, a, a couple of points. What about you, Scott?
3: Yeah, um, similar to you in, in well, with the reasoning, but I'm going to go for Tavares. And, mm. uh, you know, just one goal in the series. And, um, yeah, he's got three helpers, but one goal after putting up 47 goals in the season.
0: Oh, that's and crazy. um
3: And... Yeah, you know, I, I I just feel as though we just need a bit more from him. So Austin stepped up recently, and yeah. you know, I believe now with with obviously uh, John's experience, of, I believe it's now time for him to step up. And you know, let let's not sort of beat around the bush. You know, we should have, um, you know, got the series tied up. Uh, well, we should have got the series, um, yeah, put away at home,
1: Definitely. um,
3: last game, and um, you know, to have the lead as well, and then be on home ice. and... And then to go now to TD Gardens
1: for uh, Game Seven
3: is going to be tough. But I think Tavares needs to step up now, and uh, hopefully it's his time to uh, grab a couple of goals in the uh, the game Game Seven.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. We we talked earlier that we were sort of speculating that um, Tavares almost looked like you know he wasn't 100% in that, um, you know, is he carrying maybe a bit of a tweak somewhere, you know, that um, that he gained through those uh, heavy-hitting f- um, first couple uh, games in the, in the series? Because he just doesn't seem yeah. to have the zip in his step that he would normally have. Um, so, you know, it could be that he needs to find that extra gear. Where, you know, there is a worry that there's something more sinister lurking around there. Um, but he definitely hasn't been the presence. And, you know, just before we leave this completely behind... I wanted to say in general, um, the Leafs that faced off against the Bruins in game six, I just never for a moment felt like they were a team that came to win that game that night. And I was just uh, stunned by mm. that. And I will forever be stunned looking back on uh, game six of this series and thinking, you know, they were at home and they could have they could have ended it right then and there. And they did not, for, for me, uh, for a moment, look like the sort of threatening team that they'd been earlier on in the season. So... Here's hoping that that team that uh, looks like they desperately want to win the Stanley Cup appears tonight.
2: I I I want that uh the the te- the Leafs team that faced off uh, in game 1. Yeah, totally, totally. Merged with the Matthews line from game 5.
1: Yeah, I, wa- I want I yeah. want that team. Yeah, for sure. Well, here's hoping that they bring it tonight, but uh anyway, look, um we should probably wrap this section up for now. It's been a gooder. Yeah. Uh, Scott, thanks so much again mate for coming on the show it's, uh, it's always a treat to to hear more stuff from you um, all, you've always got something fantastic to say that's happening here in the UK um, the uh, Super Series stuff that's happening fantastic and that interview is, was great as well so thanks again for coming on tonight
3: no, my pleasure guys, my pleasure as always uh,
1: so I mean here's uh, fingers crossed amongst us all um, for Leafs tonight Ho- we're looking for the win there There's no reason why we won't win tonight. Um, And so here's hoping that uh, when we speak next week that uh, we've got something to celebrate.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Fingers crossed.
1: Right on. Okay, Scott. Well, thanks again for coming on, and uh, we'll speak to you uh, hopefully next week.
3: Yep. cool. Thanks, guys, and uh, have a good week.
1: Yeah, you too. Cheers, Scott. Bye. Uh, great to have Scott on, uh, Scott Ancliffe, a great pal of ours, and and uh, for me it uh, really makes the show having him on. So um, hopefully uh, speaking to him next week and celebrating a Leafs win. Finny, what what have you got for us? A couple parting parting uh, um, bits of, of trivia or stats or something like that? Yeah, so I've just got a couple stats for you here. Um,
2: so uh, first one uh, on April the nineteenth, uh, in twenty nineteen, so a few days ago, uh, Friday, the day I, I went to Holland. Um, the, uh, the Leafs, uh, six, uh, six of their teams, uh, pro, six teams. Of their pro teams played and, um, they actually, uh, set a record in the, it was the first time six pro teams in Toronto won on the exact same day with the Maple Leafs winning 2-1 over the Bruins, Raptors 98-93 over the Magic, uh, Blue Jays 5-1 over the A's, um, Toronto FC, uh, 4-3 over MNUFC. Yep. Uh, Marley's four for one over Rochester, and uh, the Toronto Wolfpack uh, rugby uh, fifty-two twenty-six over the Raiders.
1: Very cool. Right, one more,
2: and then last one. A guy that we uh, we don't really ever talk about, even though he uh, is nicknamed the Great One. Oh yeah. Uh, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, oh nice right, n- nice you got little, a little Gretzky here? Star. Yes. Nice. Oh, there. Yes. So on Malcolm. April nineteenth, nineteen ninety-nine. Wayne Gretzky played his final game at Madison Square Garden for the New York Rangers, which they unfortunately lost 3-2 in overtime against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yager was in that game.
1: Fantastic.
2: Um, That's
1: a lot uh, of hair, because Gretzky had huge hair then, too.
2: Yeah, th- it, was a, it was a hairy time.
1: It was very hairy. Um, uh,
2: but in his career, he recorded 2,857 points in 1,487 games, meaning he was almost a two-point-per-game player and in his final game i believe he recorded one assist
1: amazing at age 75
2: oh man i you know, i I've, I've read his i read his book right yeah and um, one of his
1: millions of books
2: his his genuine biography yeah, book yeah yeah um and he's and he said that um he retired even though he knew he had at least a year or two left in him yeah but he he thought he'd he just leave it while he's
1: felt bad about beast and everybody all the time
2: yeah it was just like oh, i don't want to reach that is
1: really hot wife and wanted to get on with life. <laughs> I, I don't
2: want to i don't want to reach three thousand points you know i just I'll, I'll leave that for someone else to <laughs> do austin <laughs> matthews looking at you mate
1: listen let's <laughs> get out of here Finn. it's been an awesome episode oh yeah um, th- this has been great all, all these playoff ones are just so much fun to have especially with <laughs> just so much to talk about but uh, we need to get off let's give a couple quick shout outs um like we always do big thanks to um we'd like to give thanks and mention some of the uh um people that we know that are out there in supporting hockey um especially by making amazing products and things like that but people that are just plain nice particularly independent um uh businesses associated with hockey uh so to that end um big shout out to our friends at beer league republic in toronto um also Crosscheck clothing here in rotherham uk um a couple sports stores up and down the country finney uh, puck stop um i believe they're in sheffield they are yeah uh all-star
2: hockey uh here in swindon yep yep ian clark good uh, good mate of ours um going uh going to other places um uh, her homes i believe is a yeah, shop Herm
1: sports in london ontario if you're uh I- are in around london ontario a great place to go a g- fantastic shop there great selection of hockey gear And they're wizards um, at doing repairs and stuff. It's where we get our skates worked on when we're uh, home in Canada. Um, A few other uh, training aids or um,
2: or things that we use when we play hockey. So first off, we've got the sports screen, uh, a thing we love to practice on and uh, something that's really helped me with my shot, especially this season.
1: Yeah, totally amazing. If you want to see one in action, uh, check out our YouTube channel. We're on there using ours. And you can see uh, we've even uh, did a video about how easy it is to install a fully electric one.
2: Yes, um, Bionic Skate Blades, we can never stress enough how amazing these blades are. Super zippy. Light as a feather. Super light. They look nice. They look awesome. Especially
1: with a nice paint I've got, nice red ones,
2: shiny red ones. Yeah, and uh, Um,
1: forever our friends at True Hockey, who have been great supporters of uh, UK Hockey Fam, and uh, everyone in the family uses uh, their XC9 Series sticks. Uh, Yeah, love them. So, that's it, I think, for tonight. Yeah.
2: Um, Uh, I was going to say, hopefully, um, maybe one of us or both of us, uh, if if everything goes well, go Leafs go Uh, tonight uh, in game seven. We might get a a, a quick one just to round that up, maybe. Uh, Maybe maybe just go through the series. I I might jump on by myself just to maybe uh, talk about um, the the series in, in general. Uh, especially if we oh, you mean well? another episode yeah 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 oh, that's yeah, what yeah. I mean yeah, oh yeah.
1: yeah if we get a chance we'll put another episode out this week listen let's go okay thanks for uh, listening everybody thanks for coming back uh, and listening every week and uh, we'll have another episode out soon see you guys soon oh, the good bye old hockey
0: game is the best game you can name
1: and the best game you can name is the good old hockey game